Hey, I'm sex, love, and relationship therapist, Dr. Laura Berman. And for the past 30 years, I've been helping people just like you learn to love and be loved better. Here on the Language of Love Conversations, I'm talking to some of the world's most influential and revolutionary experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, and celebrities about love, sex, and relationships from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. And that way, my goal is to awaken your mind, body, and soul. It's time to become fluent in the language of love. Riz Mirza was in a heavy metal band, but always knew that he had psychic capacities. He just didn't know how to make sense of them. And he fought it for nine years. Since then, and stepping into his true gifts, he has become a trans medium psychic channel. And he channels a whole group of amazing entities from the other side. He's a medium, he's a psychic, and he's a shaman. And he's committed to helping others heal. And as he says, unlock the places that they're stuck and separated from their divine selves. We get into so many fascinating topics. And at one point in the conversation, Riz does a medium reading for me that brought in my great-grandfather and my grandfather and Sammy and some other people. Then we got to meet Red Eagle, who is one of the guides that Riz channels, and I had a fascinating conversation with him. All you have to do to really get the maximum benefit from this episode and have your mind and your heart blown open and maybe even learn how to navigate these really difficult times, which is a lot about what we talked about. All you need is to relax, soften a little bit, suspend disbelief, if that's your tendency, stay curious with an open mind and enjoy this fascinating episode of The Language of Love. Riz, thank you so much, first of all, for joining us on The Language of Love. Happy to be here. So excited to talk to you. There's a million topics. My peeps here are open to the metaphysical. We talk about it all the time. But most of us, I mean, some of my peeps may may work in the field, but most of us don't live in these realms and work in these realms all the time. Oh my God. I love what you're saying because it is literally like, you're just going to launch me onto the racetrack right now. <laughs> the starting gun with what you're saying. It's like three, two, one, because you know, Laura, when you're talking about, let's take this word metaphysical. So the metaphysical, the supernatural, the paranormal, I'd like to say that the supernatural is simply an expanded view of the natural. Yeah. It's not other than the natural. Yes. The paranormal, it's not abnormal. We live in uh, this world, which has spirits. These spirits can be our loved ones who come in and out, kind of giving us messages. It can be the spirits that are hanging around houses, not causing any trouble. It could be the ones who do hang around and uh, create some activity. So we are not separate from what people call the spirit world. We are not just in the physical. We are in the metaphysical because the metaphysical is simply that which is beyond your current capacity or current spectrum of awareness to be able to receive that information. Yeah, I think that's so important. I always try to help people understand this, that just in a scientific way, if you think about we're we're all limited, our perception for most of us until unless we're born into certain gifts or we cultivate those gifts, which we can do to an extent, 
we perceive the world with our five senses usually. And so we're taking in 40 billion bits of information into our brains every millisecond. Yeah. And only conscious, most of us are only consciously processing 2000 of those 40 billion bits. That in and of itself, when you think about all the information, just our brains, not even our more psychic aura and energetic perception, right? Just the processing of our brain. We're taking in 40 billion bits of information every millisecond and only consciously processing 2000. To me, that's always been such a beautiful piece of evidence to to kind of demonstrate. That's what my dad used to say to me. I'm saying, you know, telling you 15,000 things to do today, Riz, and only remembering two, (laughs) exactly, which is when your allowance is, but you don't remember when to take the laundry out. Out of the dryer. (laughs) Well, let me say something about this because I am, and for those of you astrology buffs out there, maybe because I have a moon in Scorpio, I'm very much into the details. Okay. So for me, before we begin the discussion, perhaps this is a Socratic method. If someone were to use a literary type of lens on what I'm saying is that I go for understanding what words are we using? So you said scientific, you said metaphysical, you said bits of information facts that currently we can only go by the facts that we we currently have yeah because we might find out next week that it's twice that or half that we may find out that there's certain things that affect that that we had no idea about see when it comes to saying this word scientific if i were to take this iphone look at my tarot deck i like uh, it yeah amazon okay so if i were to take this phone me and you laura and we were to travel to let's say Abraham Lincoln's time. Yeah. Okay. That's that's not that far away, right? Because we have photographs of Lincoln. Yeah. So we go to Lincoln's time. And I would say that arguably he was one of the most intelligent men of his time. So we go back, we time travel, we appear in the Oval Office and he's sitting there doing his work and he goes, who are you guys? And we say, oh, hello, Mr. President. We've traveled from the future. We wanted to show you something. And we show him this iPhone and he looks at it and he goes, that's an interesting piece of glass and iron. And we'd say, yeah, it is. Uh, would you like to see um, the sperm entering the embryo? Would you like to see our friend who's standing at the Great Wall of China right now? And he'll say hello to you, Mr. Lincoln. Would you like to see where we are from space with a camera zooming down to the top of this White House? Right. We have all of this with Google Earth right now. And he would say probably that either he was dreaming, hallucinating, or that we were from another planet. Yeah. And he would say, what planet? We'd say we're from here. We'd say, oh from 10,000 years in the future. And we'd say, no, 100 years in the future. And then he'd say, well, I know that there's no little man inside of this. So what? how does this work? We'd have to explain to him the technology. Now, this is, remember, we're talking about one of the most intelligent men on the planet at the time. Which would blow his mind. Right? So we have to tell him that this little box of iron and glass, as he calls it, is speaking to another box that's flying around the earth. I remember thinking that when phones came out house and I'm not, I, this was just 20 years ago, you know? Right. And I remember thinking, holy yet, like, how can this be possible? Or faxes when fax right. machines. Well, out. because you, we figured out how to make sound silent. Let's yeah. just guys, come on. <laughs> you guys, we, we talk about MP3s and downloading and we talk about and yeah. CDs are considered passe CDs, yeah. a piece of foil that is recorded sound. Yeah. That a laser extracts perfectly every time, consistently the same way. It's wild. We, we found a way to make sound silent. And we could put it into material. 
So you know what I love about this discussion is that what we're essentially saying is suspend all disbelief, suspend what you think you know and what you don't know, because none of us know anything. And like Einstein's that's right of his life about quantum physics, he was totally freaked out. He didn't even know how to explain it. So he just called it Einstein, who had an explanation for everything, called it spooky action at a distance. Did he call it that? That's the acronym. The acronym is SAD also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at that. Okay, so let's say this, okay? That I feel that teachers, healers, gurus, intuitives, speakers, people who are teaching you something, I really consider them tour guides. I consider them the ones who have been up a couple of different paths further than you have, and they've come back to tell you what they've seen. Yeah, that's right. That's all it is. I've been going through that now. We'll talk in a little bit about grief. I've had on a very deep personal journey of grief, and I've always worked with people with grief as a therapist, but it hasn't been my primary focus. Okay. But I sort of see myself as a, I won't say a shepherd, like Jesus, you know, I don't mean like that kind of shepherd, but like, I'm just a little further down the road. Like I've made, yeah, it's like a tour guide. I've made this trip and figured out the landscape and understand what's necessary and understand these new levels of meaning and portals available to us. And here, I'll show you what I've learned. So that makes a lot of sense. Let's go back to this for a moment, if we may. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we keep talking to Lincoln. We have to explain to him about satellites, explain to him about how we've made sound silent, explain to him about frequencies, explain to him that we are able, you say, well, how did you make this? These materials are certainly, they don't see he would open it up. He goes, this can't be from this planet. We'd say, actually, these materials are under your feet right now. So that goes to my teaching of, All the resources that you need are actually with you now. They're not resources that you need later. You're already linked to resources that you'll have. How this, how you and I got here to have this conversation, how whoever's watching this right now, we could trace this back maybe to an event. If we keep tracing things back, how did you get this computer or laptop or phone that you're watching this podcast on? What led to that? We could probably trace it back 20 years ago. We might trace it back to some random event where you had a flat tire. And then a string of events led you over the course of 25 years to have this device sitting here and you're listening to this podcast. So you were connected to this moment 25 years ago. So the resources that you need to shift yourself into your advanced technology, what I talk about as a medium, as a channel, as a shaman, all the blah, 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 blah titles, they're simply about you understanding that you're connected already to what you may call your next level. I call it simply your actual freedom. And so I say that it's not out there. The universe is not out there. The universe is not planets and galaxies and star systems and nebulas. The universe clearly, when we say, why is the universe doing this to me? It's actually your future self saying, I'm creating something for you. And this is where you really have to plant your flag if you intend to have a sane life in what seems to be a very insane world. seems to be. Yes. I think I know where you're going and I want to just lay the groundwork a little bit for where you're going because it's important and use the context of what's happening in the world right now, right? Like everybody is, it seems like, first of all, everybody's stuck in their own echo chambers on social media, being fed stuff to scare them, Mm -hmm. whatever direction their echo chamber goes. And they're feeling, it seems like everyone I talk to is feeling such fear, 
and disconnect and, and fear for the future and fear for themselves and fear around abundance and fear around love. And I'm never going to, and it will never happen. And there's nowhere to go. And the world is coming to an end and the economy is crashing and there isn't a good candidate for president, whatever it is, right? Everybody's got this thing. And what I keep saying, not only to everyone who talks to me about this, but even to myself, it's a daily practice and like commitment. And I love this idea of planting the flag is just like planting the flag of, for me, I call it of optimism and love because I can't always access faith. For me, that's a more complicated issue, but the stepsister to faith or the stepping stone to faith, if I can hold optimism, then I can easily hold like much more easily hold faith, but it's really about holding on to me. And I wanted to get your take on this. It's Mm. I feel like you're going in the direction of like, how do we hold our state of love as the only true state? Oh, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, but I'm about to jump off of a really crazy cliff. If you want to put a parachute on with me, we can go there. I'm always willing to jump off. of. I do not believe in hope nor optimism. And I'm going to tell you why. Slow it down. Slow it down. Hope implies that something could go wrong. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't believe in wrong. An asteroid could come crashing. A tank could come through my wall right now and take me out. I wouldn't consider it wrong. I wouldn't like it. My family wouldn't like it, but I wouldn't consider it wrong. Underline this word first before we go to unpleasant, terrible, tragic. Wrong is a very, very strong word that is rooted in what you think should be and should not be, which is rooted in what you think reality is, what you think being here on earth is. So when bad things happen, which are happening bad, qualified as bad, difficult. But I don't consider it bad for me. I've been through hell, but I don't consider it bad. See, I use different words. It's not that I'm denying that it happened. So me being a medium, I was a kid, shy kid, born in Harlem in New York City, raised in the Bronx, immigrant family, and really was this shy, sensitive kid growing up in a very, very, one may say, sometimes could say a bad neighborhood, right? So you say, well, well, man, you had it rough. And I go, no, that was the courses I chose to be here on. Yeah, I've thought about that a lot. So you're saying that we choose this. And when these things happen to us, that some might qualify as bad or tragic, that what? Okay. I say, let's slow it down. When I say choose, I'm fully aware that what I'm saying is a belief. Yeah. So first I come from, we don't know. We could be you see these hairs on my arm? We could be a, some microscopic, our entire galaxy Hort could be in some... Horton near to who? There's a giant Horton above us. Yeah. Well, if you look to ancient Vedic, if you list, go to India and listen to ancient Vedic scripture, yeah. you are coming out of the belly of Brahma in this fountain. And so maybe all these planets are cells in the body. So you think it's a planet, but they're actually cells in the bloodstream of a much larger being. You do not know. No, we have no idea. Okay, so if you don't know, let's start off, we don't know, and maybe we are never going to know. So what I'm talking about is, can you find a way to navigate through your perceived understanding of this world as chaos in a peaceful way that actually is not just leaving you at ground zero, which is peaceful, but the vibration which is higher than peace? Right. And I'm going to tell you what it is. It is celebration. I would rather have 7 billion people on earth celebrating together than even meditating together. That's like number two. Number one would be celebrating together. Okay. Because in the end, if your meditation isn't leading you to celebrate your life, then it's just 
uh, an oxygen mask and that's okay for a while, but I don't want to wear an oxygen mask the rest of my life. Oh. It should just be like, I'm brushing my teeth. My meditation is like, I'm brushing my teeth. I don't base my day around. And it's emotional. My, height yeah. Spirit. No, it is part of my tool. Then I, then I meditate my life, right? I'm meditating my actions. I've had horrible tragedies and dramas happen to me too. And I 100% can say my personal truth, belief, whatever you call it, I would not argue this is the truth. Cause like you said, how the hell do I know? But my truth is I signed up for it all. I designed this life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you don't pick that, then what is the alternative you're picking? You live in a random universe yeah. where the only the lucky survive. So now we're going to, okay, so you really actually believe in luck at your core belief. Yeah. Which I don't. I mean. Okay. So great gratitude and this idea of I'm very fortunate doesn't mean that you're lucky. We do confuse right. the words fortune and luck, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So if we thing. choose, because this is really hard, I get it, but I'm just telling you, you know this because you're out there. Mm. In the world too. This is yeah. really hard for people to get. So I want to drill down into this and to and to own and to be okay. Yes, let's do it. That I, you know, they'll say, what you're saying that when kids are sexually molested and abused and of when course, so. they adults, always go there, they yeah, always, they go, always there. go there. Right. And they say, how can you, they're asking for it. They signed up for this. How could you say that? No, or yeah, case, let's slice into it then. Yeah, so let's go. <laughs> you you got to get past the triggers of it, because if you're really wanting to make a change, you have to cut into an area, at least at this point, certainly in our, the way we work on the body is we have to go in and we have to not be afraid of the, the surgeon cannot be afraid of the blood. No. You have okay. to be willing to go into. Yeah, she she can't have a queasy stomach. She has to be able to open it up. So if we're going to open this discussion, if you really want to know why bad things happen to good people, I think I'm a good person. I have been through massive amount of pain. Lost my mother. Lost my father. Lost my best friend. All at a very tragically. It was I was a shy kid who had mediumistic tendencies. I had psychic experiences as a kid, and even I, who connect people to those on the other side, I couldn't heal it. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't understand it. But as I started to dig deeper, I had to find something that was going to work. Not, we're not, you have to really say, well, what is truth? Right. You're here to navigate. You're navigating in this world, aren't you? Everything is what you're learning. There's nothing that you know how to do that someone didn't teach you, including how to turn on this device, including how to put on your clothes, including how to brush your teeth. Someone taught you. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Even how to translate your ideas into reality. Yeah. So we learn. So the old thing about the answers are inside of you. Well, no. And yes. Yes. We are here to be with each other and to lead each other into that, teach each other things. So if you really want to take this in first, we have to say, do you really want to figure it out? Now, I'm not saying you're going to dance on the table with joy from this belief I'm saying is that you're going to have a different level of coherence and you're going to take away some of the things that really bring you rage inside, which is the, the terrible things, the awful, painful things that happen to people in the world. You've had things happen. Viewer who's watching, I have, Laura has had. So then people start to compare, but what about this? And then you have people who stand up. I have clients who have been through what I would never want to go through. Yeah. I've worked with them as a shaman. And let me tell you, we talk about forgiveness. 
I've had people who I've worked with over the last 20 years who have come through what I would consider some of the worst things that have happened to people. And I have heard them say, I found my freedom because I know why that experience is part of my path here because I'm here to be something. I'm here to be free. See, I wasn't going to say a job. I'm here to find a deeper level of freedom as a soul. I'm here to connect to what I consider the source, the nameless, formless source of all creation. Alice, spirit, oneness, whatever you call it. Say whatever you like, right? So I've experienced that personally. So again, I'm going to talk to you about tales from the mountains that I've crossed and the rivers I've swam through and the people that I've met. And this is what I've seen. And we're watching the internet. So we say social media, all the negativity. Okay, well, there's tremendous positivity on social media. Tremendous. Here's the thing. We'll send it to you and you're looking for it and you're liking it, which is what I do. I always say, if you want to know what you're manifesting in life, look at your Explorer page. And if it's all (laughs) hell and damnation and angry stuff, that's probably what you're spending time looking at and clicking on and, and your eyeballs are moving over and the algorithm is tracking you. If there are kittens and babies and rainbows like my Explorer page, that's probably where you want to. But focus. you know something, Laura? Yeah, you're, I agree. But look at it this way, guys. You're all watching this. Like, Let's say that you see a video. There is a guy who is jumping out of a plane yeah. in a wheelchair while with no legs and he is playing the guitar and he jumps and he does a flip on the wheelchair and he lands safely. You'd be like, holy shit. Wow. Amazing. And guess what will happen? If a week later, somebody sends that video to you, all you're going to do is say, yeah, I saw it. Pretty awesome. Really? And then two weeks, it's going to get old. And in three Try weeks, that. here's how we know. Cause you saw these kind of amazing videos even 10 years ago, nine and eight and seven and six years ago. Now you've seen 10,000 of these videos. When you and I were growing up, I assume you're Gen X. Yeah. When you and I were growing up, we had, you know, there's five channels or whatever. And it, we just had to see one inspirational thing. Yeah. And we held it for ages. I built my whole life on a, like three scenes and three movies. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I built my entire life on three scenes and three movies and I'm here. Okay. So here we go. Right. We're moving forward in this thing called life. And right, we have my wife and I have four girls, different ages. And what we see is that if there's so much inspiration, there's so much talent, there's so much creativity, mm-hmm. more than ever. Yeah. And we're scrolling, we see 10,000 positive things. Now we're going to get into the conversation about human nature, but we tend to focus on that, which is disgusting and dark. And, and so what, what makes us mad? And here's why we tend to get more activated when things make us mad is because it's a very quick sense of fuel, fuel source, anger. Mm -hmm. It's a very quick fuel source. And we almost get addicted to it. Right. And sadness is really just, it's heroin, right? Just, it just takes you down and makes you not want to do anything. Mm -hmm. So how do we shift that? Do we have to stop all of these things that we consider depressing or inciting anger in us? Or leads me into this next chapter. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Do you remember some years ago, there was a book called The Secret Messages from Water? Yes. Uh, Matsuri Moto. I'm obsessed with him and wrote all about him. Yes. Oh, did you? Okay. I'm going to add something to his, his wonderful work. I'm going to bring a part two. You ready? Yeah. 
Okay, so Dr. Emoto, Japanese scientist and doctor, created a, an experiment where he believed that water was basically programmable, that water was, you could program it with your thoughts and your emotions by either singing to it, yelling at it, and even writing on a bottle of water things like, I hate you, or I want to kill you, or something violent on it, and that it would change the structure of the water. So what he would do is he would have monks chanting over water. He wanted to know, does holy water really have healing properties? What is it about it? He takes water that was had good things said to it, and he froze it. And then when he looked at the structure under the microscope, there was these beautiful symmetrical patterns, almost like butterfly wings and different, different, uh, a myriad of shapes and form. Remember, guys, for 99% water while he's telling you this. But Thank you. And 1% Captain Crunch, like me. So <laughs> then we, he started doing like negative things, right? Yelling at the water. And then the crystalline structures were kind of deformed and not very, not beautiful, right? He would even write on a piece of tape, I hate you, and put it on the flask or the beaker, whatever it is. And then it would also turn out that the water could read the intentions of that statement. All right. So people are like, well, this is how we screw up our kids. This is how we screw up ourselves. This is the internal dialogue. We're programming ourselves. Ourselves are made of water. Logic, 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 airtight. Nope. I'm slipping my hand through it. I got something more to show you. Here's where the flaw is in that entire experiment. Alice. Let's take, he wrote, I hate you. He goes, those words are full of hate, full of negative energy, negative, negative emotion. Okay. But if I'm your good friend, and I'm joking, like, let's just, we're playing and I, and I'm, and I'm, we're having a conversation. You. I hate you. Guess <laughs> what, how that translates to yourselves. I love you. Yeah. So it's how you hold the words that are said. No, it's how the, it's up to the receiver. Right. How you're holding the words that were said to you. Right. To you. Yeah. So it's not what the other person is holding no. in their intent. It's, no, it's for example, somebody could come up to a person, well, let's say it's me or you, somebody could come up to me. And keep coming up to me going, you're not Indian. You're not Indian. You're not Indian. You're not Indian. Your parents aren't Indian. Your parents are. You could get 10,000 people to come up to me and say that. You can also come up to me and have them come up to me and say, you don't like heavy metal. You don't like heavy metal. You don't like heavy metal. Heavy metal sucks. Heavy metal sucks. It could be, you could get 10 billion, you get 3 billion people in the world to line up and tell me that you'd think it's going to change anything. It's not because how I receive it is you just haven't heard the right bands or I take it as, mm, yeah, it's just like Teflon. It goes off of me. Or if someone says to me, and we, should, we need to try this on you, we, we all know, look, when we have an argument, when someone is upset with us, it is not that they're saying, even if they're saying you're an asshole, they're not really saying you're an asshole. What they're saying is you hurt me. And what, what you hurt me means is I have a trigger in this area where I don't understand what was going on. Right. And what you're talking about is not taking you know, we have a choice over whether we take things personally or not, or how we let them land or whether we let them land. Let's call not. it the consciousness of the receiver was not taken into consideration in that experiment because speaking of heavy metal, he played classical music for the water and it was a beautiful, beautiful, symmetrical, sacred geometrical pattern. He played punk rock and it was distorted. But guess what? Punk rock, heavy metal, hard rock saved a lot of lives in high school. There was even a study. Do you know there was a psychiatric study, interestingly enough, you know, who grew up the happiest out of the cliques in high school? And it was the metalheads. Really? Maybe because they yeah. were getting out all their anger. And Thank you. You got it. Of course, you're going to get it, Laura. Of course, it was that because they already were like, you don't accept me and I don't yeah, give a damn. You. 
Right. Yeah. And fuck you. I don't give a damn if you don't accept me. And so they got that out of the way. But pop music was is all about what's trendy, what's cool, and am I wearing this the right way? And then that becomes the boy like me or not, or whatever. Uh, of course. Okay. So where we need to upgrade that initial fantastic, wonderful Dr. Emoto. We love you for that because I think he would appreciate what we're saying. Honestly, this he brought us to this place to be able to discover this. Is that the consciousness of the receiver, that means is that when you say this world is crazy, this world sucks, then you have to understand what's going on. Right. Well, this is one of the things I want to ask you, but we're going to go off another cliff, which I want to go off, but I just want to finish jumping off this one first, which is back to the question of hope and optimism. Hope, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Now, so optimism. Tell you what optimism optim- is, it's the flip side. It's just saying that I hope things work out. That's being optimistic. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. The way I hold optimism is I may not, like faith is in believing in something you can't prove, right? To me. Mm. Optimism is, I like I'm not, for some reason today in general, whenever I'm struggling to hold on to faith, which to me, like tapped and tuned into spirit, I'm just like struggling, right? And if I'm in that space, what I've found is if I can just hold optimism, like I may not know why my computer is crashing right now and uh-huh. the dog just, you know, came into contact with rat poison and this thing and that, you know, and the, everything seems like it's chaotic right now. And yeah. I could choose, and this could be on a micro level, like I'm talking about or in the world. And I could choose to join that reality and see it as against me and see it as my day sucks and mm. see this as the new direction my life is going. Or I can just remain optimistic that I may not quite understand the purpose of this or how this serves me or why this is happening, but the truth will be revealed and I can feel optimistic that everything will come back to love. And maybe that's also faith. But you tell me what. Well, I just want to take a moment to go, wow, about everything that we're talking about, because who knew this is where we were going to go today? (laughs) Who knew out there that this is what was going to go down? This is like. An amazing, this is like WrestleMania, you know, 100 right now. A lot of sparks flying through the air. Okay. If an alien were to suddenly appear in your bedroom mm-hmm. and make friends with you and say, I'm not from this planet, clearly. Which I would totally do, by the way. I would make friends. Yeah, of course you would. And they say, well, I want you to show me something very beautiful on your planet. What's the most beautiful thing that humans have? And we can go there. No one will see us. We'll, I'll make you invisible play along okay yeah. so the, the alien makes us both invisible and we go to a delivery room in a hospital and there's the mother there are the doctors and the aliens looking around oh what's going to happen here's what the alien sees the alien sees let's say that the alien on their planet the alien just appears out of thin air that's how they're born they just birth. appear out of thin air there's no birth there's no mom or whatever they just appear out of thin air Now we're in the delivery room and he sees a C-section about to take place. Yeah. So he sees sharp metal instruments, harsh lighting, people with masks and caps and gowns and very, very minimalistic room. He feels empathically. There's a lot of tension in this room, a lot of worry, a lot of intense focus. It's fear also going on here. And now the alien is feeling all this, looking at this physical environment. And then he sees the doctor cut that slice across the abdomen, take out some of the woman's guts and places them on her chest, which is what happens in a C-section. I've watched it myself. I've been in the room. All the fluids are everywhere. And pulls out this thing. 
pulls out this thing. The alien would scream and go, get me the hell out of here. I thought you were going to take me to the most beautiful thing on your planet. We say, this is the most beautiful thing on our planet. That alien would leave and never come back. Right. You wouldn't need to have Senate hearings with all the alien disclosure yeah, yeah. right now because they'd never oh, come back. Come, yeah. So, but the alien would be completely wrong. In fact, the alien would be reading the entire situation incorrectly. The intense focus is based on love. The worry is based on love. The fear is even based on the love that one has for their existence. Yeah. So everything is based on love that's happening. The technology that's being used, so we're able to do that, was from minds that cared enough to make this possible to have a C-section. So how do we know what we're seeing isn't this rebirth happening? We're in the middle of it. Embryos are not cute at two, three months. Oh, it definitely feels like we're going through a birth canal. To me, it does. It feels like we're going through a birth canal. Some people are like this, holding on to the walls. Of the I don't want to go out there. I know. And that's where I feel like a lot of the pain that people are experiencing is, is in the resistance. And I know this is something that you speak about a lot. So, and also guys, Riz is going to go into a channel for us too. And I also have some medium questions for you. So oh, you do. Okay, great. Let's let, let me talk about before we write, we're going to go right into it, but you said something that just sparked. Right. I wanted, yeah, I had one more question, but you go ahead. What came up for you? Cause you said the word, the birth canal, right? Yeah. The word canal is the same, has the same root as the word channel, mm. the English channel, the Suez Canal. What are these? What is a canal? What is a channel? When it's canal, as we're talking geographically or architecturally, it is an opening that is made through the land to allow water to pass through and flow through to drop off goods and services and keep going. That's what a can- a, a, the English yeah. channel, the Suez Canal is. So when we are channeling, what I do as a psychic medium channeler, I am connecting to what people have been referring to since time immemorial, whether you call them angels, whether you call them ancestors, whether you call it the universe, or you call them spirit guides, which is what I call them. These have been referenced throughout, not just the so-called major religions, but in tribal cultures as well, that we are not alone, that there are guiding forces with us. Now, to go into when we're speaking about so-called metaphysical things, remember I said Metaphysical is just your expanded understanding of the physical. Well, I like that better than woo-woo, which seems derogatory. It's so. very derogatory. Why don't we call religion woo-woo? I mean, you can't, yeah. what are you going to, how are you going to prove what, any of that? Why don't we call it if we don't call, if it's something that most mainstream people don't, I mean, to me, this is my life. I'm in this all the time. Not You're like, in expanded consciousness. Okay. Expanded consciousness. This right. is expanded consciousness, right? So very quickly, metaphysical. If your dog is in the room and you blow a dog whistle, you can't hear it. That doesn't make it metaphysical. No. Well, it might be metaphysical to me, but it's not to the dog. But it doesn't make it metaphysical because logically, you know, the dog hears it. Yes, that's true. You believe the dog is hearing it. Yeah. And why do you believe the dog is hearing it, but you don't believe a psychic who's hearing something? (laughs) I believe it, but I get it. No, I know, but you know what I'm saying? I think we all have these abilities. We just haven't cultivated them. We haven't been forced through our traumatic childhoods to cultivate them in order to stay safe, or it's it wasn't in our DNA to kind of be born with those abilities. And so we may not get to the same level as an Olympic athlete would get. We just don't support it, Laura. We just don't support it. But you're, we, you we barely support drawing a picture anymore. We don't even have money. We don't. We don't put money into arts programs. So I mean, what are we talking about? We're going to go into now. What is your spiritual intelligence? Yeah. Intelligence. 
every single word I almost want to stop at and say, well, what do you mean by spiritual? What do you mean by intelligence? What do you mean by frequency? The dog is hearing the frequency that is at a higher level that your ears can hear. Channelers, uh, there are some famous channelers. If you guys don't know, channelers are people who go into a deep trance state, trance like a trance meditation, almost like going to sleep. And during that time, they allowed these wise and fully enlightened teachers to come through them. They use their, their body, they use their voice, and they speak. And so you have how many? You have a bunch, right? You have. <laughs> yeah, I'm a revolving door. Light. I mean, how you because I know you have some that you come through regularly, but you also have like a whole council. I have. Yeah, you can call them a council. So they come through. They've been around me, I guess, the messages that I've gotten over the years. When I started having really deep meditative experiences, when I started having what one would call a transcendental experience, mm-hmm. I began to feel the presence. And then I it got stronger and stronger. That's my experience. I saw that everyone I ever met had some energy of intelligence that was very good-willed and a teacher kind of energy, which I call spirit guides, around them. Then it grew and grew and grew. My, my, my receptivity, my sensitivity grew, which is your strength, isn't it? The greater, the more sensitive you become as an artist, the better your art is going to be. The more sensitive you become as anything, as a chef, the better your meals are going to be. So sensitivity, bottom line is sensitivity is your true power. You just have to understand how to use it, right? And you were, by the way, guys, you resisted this for almost a decade as it was- Yeah, I was singing in a band. In a heavy metal band. (laughs) Yeah, well, are you surprised looking at me? I was the first channeler who was wearing a mohawk and wearing eyeliner and and people were like, how can you be spiritual and be that way? I go, how could you not? I actually see it as the opposite. I'm about living authentically to yourself and full self-expression, not about judgments about, you know, in fact, even when I first entered into, when I brought my gifts into what people call the new age or the psychic community, in the beginning, they were a little bit like, oh, he's he's Indian. He's, hopefully, I would, they thought I was going to speak with an Indian accent. In fact, if I probably did an Indian accent, I would be 10 times more popular than yeah. I was at the time. Be more. Because people listen, people, a lot of the time, people listen with their eyes. I know. Well, that's what I love about a podcast is that they can watch this, but a lot of people just listen, which I think is so cool. Do whatever you like. The point is that even if you don't believe in spirit guides, if you hear a person channeling and this information, are you allowing it to activate you? Are you allowing it to organize your thoughts in a different manner that provides you with some more freedom? And I want to say more sobriety. So you're not drunk with pain that you have legitimately been suffering through. Now, why do I say drunk with pain? Because when the pain gets to the point where you're not actually walking straight internally and you're having trouble navigating, that's the whole cliche of being inebriated. I'm drunk with pain right now. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Sometimes there's a part of being drunk that everybody likes. Yeah. That's why we do it. So I go, do you really not want to be drunk? If you really don't want to be drunk, you'd have to. Kind of really understand that there's another way to be and another way to feel that you would never have to turn away from that it feels better for you. Yeah. So as a medium, I would say this to you is that I I do a lot of things where people will lose a family member and I'll sometimes I'll go to their house. Most of my readings are on the phone, but if I know the person, I'll go to their house and I'll read the whole family. And I was saying this, this is just literally three weeks ago. I went to someone's place and in the middle of it, the grandmother had passed away. The daughter was there. The grandkids were there and they're all in the kitchen. They were as young as 14 years old. 
and the grandmother was coming through and I was giving them each, oh, and who's the one who's going to nursing school? Oh my God, that's me. And it's like, well, she's saying it's going to be good. And they giving the messages. And I stopped for a moment because they were, their eyes were starting to brighten. And I could tell that part of them wanted to feel bad. Like, how could they be feeling good at this moment? And I said, having a good mediumship reading is like, it's one of the most painful, happy experiences. One of the most painful good experiences. Yeah. And I want to go there too. And I also want to ask you guys, because most of my peeps here are used to this and are open to this and have already had their eyes open to the fact, Yeah, you know, this isn't bull, but even if you're not convinced just for the rest of this conversation, because I know I can feel we're going to go to some interesting places, just try on suspending disbelief. Just be curious. Yeah. I mean, I'm that way when it comes to things. I'm the, I mean, that's just how I, I choose to live. It's just better to be that way. You'll stay younger. Yeah. Most of us have no idea how to move through loss. There's no roadmap to follow when you're trying to navigate grief. And I realized this when I lost my son three years ago. As a therapist who understood grief, a whole new level of pain opened up to me when I lost my 16-year-old son. And since then, I have been building resources that have allowed me to navigate through loss, not only in a healthy way, but in a way that has transformed me for the better. We can move through the most terrible loss with grace. And that's why I have created the course, Good Grief, Healing from Loss with Love. You can find it on my website, drlauraberman.com right there on the homepage, as well as free resources letting you know how to support others who are going through loss. None of us has to do this alone. So should we start with channeling or should we start with mediumship? Or Let's start we- with mediumship. What do you mean? You want questions about it? You want me to read you? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, sure. Where do you want to, where do you want to start? I don't know. I'm always curious. I mean, this piece has been read a bit over the past three years, but a lot of people die, both my parents, other people that are really important to me. Mm. But the biggest loss was my 16 year old son, Sammy, three years ago. Oh, okay. And so that's what kind of put me on a crazy trajectory. How old was he when he passed? 16. 16? Yeah. What's his first name? Sammy. Do you want me to see if I get a message? Hey, yeah. Okay. I'm going to put it like here in my mind on the chalkboard. And then who else? Oh, God, there's so many. Well, the first names are fine. All right. So there's Linda, who's mm-hmm. my mom, who I'm starting to connect with again after okay. 11 years. My dad, Erwin. Did one of these people's and passing transitioning anniversary, is it like around now coming up or just pass? Well, a couple. My one person, my husband's father was son yesterday. Thank you. That's the one you're talking about. That's the one I'm talking about first. And then I'm going to go to the son because I feel that as well. Yeah. Well, Sunday was yesterday, so obviously, but I still feel it's before today. Yeah, well, is my, it in the last two weeks, yeah, the sun. My, my it son, is February seventh. I'm so. connecting. I'm connecting. Thank you. You said your husband's dad. Is that what you said? Your father-in-law. That's what you said. Yeah. Do you guys have a chess set? Yes, we do. Yeah. He's the first thing he's doing. He's talking about his chess set. Why does he play? Does he actually play the game, or is like set up, but he never plays? Well, that's interesting. So I don't know whether you're talking about my father-in-law or my son, but my son the, and dad used to play chess all the time. That was one of the ways they connected. And the that's chess- what this, so does your son and his dad? No, 
well, they may have played chess too. My son and my husband played chess all the time. Thank you. Because I'm now I'm going to your son then. Thank you. Because the first thing is the chess set is being brought up. There was always a chess set on the dining room table. Thank you. That's why I said it's set up, but not played. Thank you. So your son is, that's the first thing he's coming through with. You said he passed in an accident? Yeah, it was, well, it was uh, fentanyl poisoning. So he did not mean to take what he, he, he he's saying, okay, all right. Well, he's being philosophical. He just said that was no accidents. So he's being philosophical by saying there are no accidents. Got it. Okay. Gotcha. Wonderful. The chess is important for your husband to still play. This is the first message I'm going to give. And it's like your son passes through and sees the chess. Like it's there, but not being played. Do you understand? Hasn't been played since he died. And the chess set is no longer set up. Well, he needs to set it up and he needs to play. And he needs to play with somebody. And you can play. You just put it out. It is putting that away. It's like never playing a song again. I mean, after a while, you do have to play. You said it's been a few years now, right? Years. Yeah. I don't know if he's played with it. I don't think he has played. Okay. Thank you. Is there someone like connected to your son with a name like James or Jameson? This name? James or Jameson. I'm trying to think. So it's like Jamie Jameson, but I don't want to say James. I want to say it's like longer. So that would be other Jane. Jane. I can think of. Okay, that name is coming up. Also, March coming up is to put a big heart around it. So that's marking somebody's birthday or anniversary is the March. Also, November, November and March. So heart around November, heart around March. Those are usually anniversaries or birthdays. What's your husband's first name? Sam. Oh, so so he's a junior. Sam was a junior. Sort of, although they didn't have exactly the same name, but. Sammy was Sammy. The little one was called Sammy and Sam. So did Sam play piano or something? Because there's music coming through on this side. Yeah. We were just talking about that today, actually. He's never played music. Sammy's brother, our other yeah. son. Yeah. But piano? My grandfather. There's piano from the other side yeah, being that, played. My grandfather is the only one. And he's Thank on you. the side that plays piano. That's my But mom. he has to be on the other side. He's crossed over, correct? On the other side. Yeah. Okay. He's coming through. Is there a Lewis connected to this family? Yes. That is my great grandfather. Thank you. He's also coming through. This piano player's father was Lewis. Thank you. They're together. Aw. I never even knew my great grandfather. Well, look at it this way. If you died tomorrow, you'd still be looking after your great, 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 great grandkids. <laughs> there'll be some, there'll be some psychic giving a reading in like yeah. 150 years going. <laughs> There's a Laura coming through and that kid will be like, I don't know any Laura. Oh, that was my great, great grandmother. And you'd be like, you rotten kid. You know, I'm looking after you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Thank you. Energy. Well, he said his name. Thank you. Okay. You have other kids, right? Okay. How many other kids? Two other kids. Two, Two other kids. Has one of these kids ever wanted to go to, I know, I, I say things that are out there. That's just who I am. I don't know why Iceland is coming up for me. My oldest wants to go to Iceland. Thank you. They're all saying, yes, go. And Sammy's saying, go. Are you worried about him going to Iceland? No, I don't think so. But but he isn't, he's just, he's been in a really bad place. And I think he's just now starting. He's really into conservation and trekking. And so- Well, listen, Sammy's going to be like his, Sammy, his brother is going to be his Sherpa. Just let him know that. Okay. He's got his, you know, parka on. He's going to be that brother's, 
I want to say his uh, travel companion, his travel agent as well, and his Sherpa. Those are the words I'm using. Okay. And he said those words specifically. Uh, well, part of the funny thing about that is I used to complain to him when he was little and made me carry everything. I would say I was his Sherpa. So. He's using the word. I have. I have not said the word Sherpa probably in thirty years myself. I called and my. I'm, like, I'm your Sherpa. Okay, give me something else. That's a message for you about the Sherpa, Mom. Yeah. He, I don't. Let me tell you something, and my wife knows this. No word out of my mouth is random when I do a reading. Yeah, yeah I believe not that. a word. And let me tell you, people out there about mediumship readings, I just want to say. When you get a medium, mediumship reading, there needs to be specific information like that I'm giving. information. And look, Laura, you're a known personality. Probably people know about this, obviously, but they don't know these things I'm saying, oh. right? As long as you confirm that. These are not things that anybody can ever know about. No. And it's important when you get a mediumship reading that the medium does this. There's a lot of people going around saying, I'm a medium. Like, unless you have specific information. Right, exactly. It's not as, it doesn't change you the same way. It's worth like an innumerable amount of therapy sessions when someone goes, he's telling his brother about Iceland. And then the brother's like, are you freaking kidding me? That means he's actually around me. And it's so that's the thing. It's and this is why I involve mediumship with mediums I trust and don't think yeah. I'm not going to hit you up. I involve mediumship in every event I do. I do a ton around with grieving mamas specifically because oh, I'm so glad. I'm always happy to help and, and, and I'm, I'm here. I always involve in all of my events and my meet, like I in the retreat I'm doing in April, I always involve a really trusted, legit medium because Good. when you get a reading, you know, where you're getting this confirmation that there is actual communication. I know. It's like you, it's like your universe starts to open and I watch it happen, kind of like what you were describing in those faces. It's yeah. like all of a sudden, so my greatest intention, even with this retreat I have coming up, in addition to, you know, lighting the path to healing and showing them things that help and exposing them to lots of different resources is helping them understand.